So, Kevin, what's a Gundam? So, a Gundam is a group of teenage boys trying way too hard to be special snowflakes? Not even close. Welcome to What's a Gundam, the internet, the, the podcast within a podcast where I try to teach Gundam Wing to Kevin. My name is Jeremy. My name is Kevin, and it's not going so well. I mean... He's trying, but... Uh, what do you remember about Gundam Wing, Kevin? It's only been one week. You have to remember some stuff. No, I remember some stuff. So I remember we learned all about the protagonists, uh, Zex and... Uh, what's her name? Noin. Noin. It's very weird, so, which is why I can't remember it. And so since I know the name of this episode is Relina's Secret, I'm figuring she's going to meet up with them to go fight the rest of the Gundams. Yeah, what do you think Relina's Secret is, Kevin? Is that she's lonely? <laughs> is that a secret? We've seen her at our birthday party running out to get killed by a boy. We've seen her on the beach yelling, come kill me, hot boy. We've seen her bothering her father because he doesn't spend enough time with her. I think oh. it's a secret to herself. Like, she doesn't want to admit to herself that she's lonely. Okay. So she has to team up with Zex and Noin. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. We also learned that Wufei hates hyenas and women. Yes. He's the worst. We learned that uh, two of the Gundam pilots can play music. How many Gundam pilots can you name? Wufei, because you named him. Uh-huh. Hero. That's it. That's right. How many Gundams can you name? We got uh, Death Scythe, uh, Wing, uh, the Shenlong. I remember that no one now. It's not the dragon. It's the worst dragon. From what Zach has said. Yeah, I agree with him. Not not quite as strongly, but yeah. The Dragon Gundam is like the Shenlong, but better? Yep. Is it the Sandrock? Correct. Okay. You're just missing Zach's favorite. Oh yeah, Heavy Arms. <laughs> you did it! You remember any, the names of any other mobile suits? Uh, there's the Freedom. <laughs> From this series. <laughs> uh, there's um, uh, the Tall Geese, which okay. is uh, Zach's thing. And then it's like Ares and... Cancer, I think, is one of them. Like, they're all, like, Greek. Yeah, there is a theme. Yeah. There's a th- Gee, you're doing great. Yeah. So, with that, I think we will go ahead and watch episode five, Relina's Secret. And we will be back after that. If you want to watch along, it is all on Crunchyroll. I believe it is also all on Hulu, if you want to check it out there. And you can hear what we think about it after the break. All right. So, we just watched episode five, Relina's Secret. Kevin, what did you think? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we found out all about Relina's secret secret. We got a lot of exposition, too. Yes, a lot of exposition. There was some incompetent embassy personnel, or uh, security, more specifically. Yeah, there were. Um, like, the if the first attack had succeeded, that's not necessarily their fault. Like, who the hell expect? Well, y- you should expect the military that you're currently <laughs> at war with. Although you're not the ones who is at war with them, but still. But when a woman throws a bomb into a window, you don't immediately summon the media and be like, oh my god, can you tell what happened because of the bomb that was thrown in the window? Are there seriously no cameras at this place? It was the space 90s. It was a different time. It's space 1995. They still had cameras. All right, so we just get into it then? Sure. So we get the opening like always. We get the same little bit of history like always. So at first I thought this was an aircraft carrier. But it's just a launch pad for space shuttles, which has a kick-ass ramp on it. 
Yeah. So, to make, so you go forward first, and then you go up. Yep. Uh, Relina's going back to space with her dad and Colonel Un, who we met last week, or maybe a week before last. No, it was right at the end of last week with the popcorn bath. Yes. I know she was there. I don't remember if that was her first Oh, I gotcha. I don't either. Who comes up and is like, hey, let's chillax. But Relina's dad's like, I don't want to talk to any military people. And then, little side note of, uh, shouldn't gravity be working, or not working right now? They have artificial gravity. Sure. <laughs> I, the colonies make sense because they're actually set up in rings, and that's actually how you would set up an artificial gravity thing, but they're just on a shuttle. Oh, we also have the bit where uh, Relina's dad is like, don't ever forget the sight of how beautiful Earth is from up here, even though they're currently facing directly away from the planet, and there's no way that Relina could actually see the planet from where she's sitting. So Colonel Un plays with her makeup case and very unsuspiciously says it's the last time you'll ever see it yes which is you know a totally normal and not suspicious thing to say the whole thing ends up being mostly her fault because she sat there and played with her very suspicious looking makeup case like if you had literally just left in your pocket it would have been fine and relina would not have brought it to you and she wouldn't have died but we cut to relina's schoolmates for no reason who have a crush on relina yes <laughs> And they're like, why aren't the colonies sparkling? Well, because they're non-reflective metals. Speaking of the space 90s, I love how computers worked in the 90s in media where they would just flash a bunch of information on screen for no reason. Yes. And that somehow, that's how email worked. Well, yeah. And you know how, like, uh, in the middle of downloading the email, because it's, you know, space 90s and uh, DSL is a, a horrible, horrible nightmare. You start immediately typing your response, even though you haven't seen all of the email that you're trying to download. If we want to give this show the benefit of the doubt, maybe it is highly encoded. Yeah. Which would make sense, but I prefer our version. Yes. So Hero Yui gets a mission. We get some outside shots of the colonies, and we get this cool, very 80s space runway. Yep. To guide the shuttle into the hangar. Bonus points of those that accidentally hit the ship and caused uh, scoring. Like, no, we're just firing lasers off into space. They meet some guys in suits who make some jokes about Earth rumors, but... Relina's dad's like, rumors are no joke. They think that you're going to attack them. Well, no, he's like, the rumors are uh, much worse. And one of the colony uh, embassy people, because I think they're embassy people, is like, what, that we're planning to attack Earth? No, that you're currently attacking Earth. Again, he doesn't actually say that, but it's like, you're currently in the midst of attacking Earth. Could guys in suits like these attack Earth? Another thing I love about 90s animation is the way suits are drawn. <laughs> I love Bruce Wayne's dumb 90s brown suit. Yes. And these guys are very much that. But Lady Anne's like, it's the purpose of our visit is to find out if you're planning to attack or not. Let's hope not. Because again, we already know you are not planning it. You are currently executing it. Relina romanticizes the colonies like, oh, they're so much better than Earth. How could all these nice colony people want to start a war with us? That's impossible. Yes, unpossible. Speaking of un, Nizan is asked to leave the negotiations because she's not authorized as a diplomat. And so she's like, okay, but let me know how, how it went. Let me know who won the meeting. Yes. Honestly, it would have been funnier if she was like, uh, you know, normally you're not allowed to stay for these meetings, but why don't you go ahead and stay? Like, it'll be fine. And her just be like, uh, um, excuse me, I need to go powder my nose. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, she takes out her makeup compact. It starts glowing red for some reason, and she just puts it on the desk by the door. Yep. And she helpfully exposits for us, out loud, yes. that in ten minutes, everything will end. Or rather, it will begin. And walks off. Berlina comes up the elevator. She has come to tell her dad she's going shopping, I guess? Yep. During the meeting? At least they seem to expect it. So. Yeah, I was like, that, well, that's very nice of her. 
normally she Relina seems like the girl that would just freaking leave for no reason. Like, ah, my dad doesn't give a shit about me, so I'm just gonna go wander around. Yeah, I think she is, but I also think she like wants her dad's attention. So yes. that's why. Yeah, so that's why she's like, I'm going shopping. No, I don't need an escort. It's much safer up here. Also, I hate escorts. I'm pretty sure no boys will tell me they're gonna kill me here. So Yep. But she's the he's the compact just sitting on the desk and it's like, ah, she must have forgotten this. The colony ambassadors deny knowing about Project Meteor or any sort of mobile suit. Because they don't. You know, is like, yes, ten more seconds and it'll explode. One, Let's two, cackle. Three. Uh, uh, Relina <laughs> comes up with the compact and she's like, you idiot! And throws it into the window like it's a grenade. Shatter- Shattering the window. Oh, thank God they were having their meeting. So... Like, the timeline of this makes no sense. So, she put the compact down and said, uh, it'll be ten minutes. And then Relina immediately, like, as she was walking away, walked through the door and was like, hey, I'm going shopping. I should give this to her. Maybe and it took her a minute been, to find her? I, maybe, but, like, how lucky is she that she <laughs> happened to be standing within throwing distance of the meeting room, was able to throw a compact through a window into the second story. Like, I personally would have loved her. You idiot! She throws it at the window, it just bounces off, lands on the ground, and explodes. And she's like, uh, this looks bad, doesn't it? <laughs> to be fair, she probably would stay in range to confirm that it worked. Yeah. Because, uh, no, everything I, else she's super lucky on. What I mean is, it didn't seem like that room had windows when I was looking into it. So it looked like they were, like, in the interior of the embassy, not, you know, like, at the front door, <laughs> essentially. Yes. So the soldiers all kind of shield Relina, who jumps past them to go try to check on her dad. Uh, Lady Un says, go after her and kill her if she resists. So like good soldiers, they agree. She runs in. The room is trashed. Her dad is under some rubble, but awake enough to say her name. When some other dude comes in, is like, hey, are you okay? And there are a bunch of guys with guns here. Apparently, Relina's dad is the only one who survived. Yep. So this guy lifts him fireman style. And then grabs Rolito when some hot soldiers with guns come up. Because he has an 18th strength. And he just carries them through the firefight. Yep. Rolina like a sack of potatoes. Honestly, her dad also like a sack of potatoes if you were carrying two sacks of potatoes. Yep. So anyway, Rolina gets in the parking garage and she tries to resist. And like, hey, you'll die if you don't come with us. And she's like, I don't care. I'm very suicidal. And the guy's like, hey, just do what we say. Yep. But And she's a good girl. She, she does. Their car is apparently more armored than the embassy. It does look like an armored car, to be fair. Yes. Oh, we get some cool gun at the screenshots of Lady Un trying to stop them, but it's an armored car. She just lets them inject her with something, which does not seem... Here, calm down and just take the Rehypnol. <laughs> anyway, he's like, we have to get him to a hospital, but the guy's like, no, they'll be guarding it. We have good doctors in our organization. And they do have him hooked up to an IV, so they're in an armored ambulance, it seems <laughs> yes. like. Yes. Because they have a bed in the back and everything. She asks who they are, but her dad... Wakes up and he's like, Rulina, listen to me. I have to give you my death speech. I am not, not your, your father. father. <laughs> the reverse Vader speech. Her real name is Rulina Peacecraft. Where have we heard that name before? Somewhere important. Oh, we didn't actually mention it last week, but it was, did come up in last week's episode. Yeah, I think we did. We might have mentioned it. We did not mention it on the podcast. I oh, did we not? Okay. But it did come up. And he's like, you're the daughter of the Peacecraft family. They advocated for total pacifism. And really, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But he's like, I was a senator. Who served yeah. their country in the past. And like the first thing, it was like, but long ago, the kingdom was demolished by the alliance. I was like, okay. Because the first thing I thought was, the entire family owns a country? <laughs> Isn't this space Japan? 
Anyway, he took her as a daughter and escaped when it was being destroyed. She says, that's not true. That's impossible. impossible. And he's like, watch out for Oz. She tries to rouse him, but then the Rohypnol kicks in and she passes out. Yep. Cut back to Earth where Duo's mobile suit's fixed. Yay. This guy reminds me of somebody. He looks like an Asian version of a, a sleaze bag character that I can't remember who I'm thinking of. It's the Hawaiian shirt, I think. Yeah. Well, it's also the Hawaiian shirt, but like the bald head, the extremely pointy mustache and goatee. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, but I can see it. That character has a name, but we haven't learned it yet, so I won't share it. That's fine. I won't remember it anyway. We cut to the Middle East where Katra is watching his friend leave, and he just says quite to himself, you're leaving? It's like, hey, that's fine, but can you tell me your name? That would be cool. I don't have a name. My name's Katra. It's cool. And he's like, yes, I have no name. I'm too edgy for a name. But you can call me Troa if you have to. Also, I have Troa Barton if you need a last name for me. Like if you're falsifying some ID. I don't know this character's name. No, do I know his role? He's second in command? That seems A manservant? Yeah, he's like, hey, should we just like let him go since he knows where our base is? And Catcher's like, what? Who's he going to tell? He wouldn't even tell me his name. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, but what if he attacks? And Catcher's like, oh, man, I wish he would attack. He's dreaming. Yeah, he was so good at playing my flute. And he drives off shakily into the mountains? Yeah, that's where you want to put a Gundam, the mountains. The Shenlong is hitching a ride on a boat on the underside. Yep. Some guards are like, man, sure is boring guarding the top of an aircraft carrier. Uh, How lucky for Wu Fei that he jumped on the uh, or he jumped the way that the guard wasn't looking. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Wu Fei karate chops this guard, catches him, and grabs the walkie-talkie to check in. Yep, he does the the classic payday two thing of regardless of how you take down the guard, the pagers trigger somehow. It's that good pager technology. We also see the wing getting ready to launch for whatever hero secret mission is, and even the tall geese is almost done, which is in all the mobile suits. It honestly looks weird without its helmet. Yes. But, well, it looks like a Leo. Yes. But when you see it with the helmet there, I agree. I was like, man, I don't remember the tall geese having that camera there. I mean, it makes sense given the way Leos look. But yeah. anyway, he's like, I'll, I'll leave this to you, Otto. And Noin's like, hey, is this 20-year-old thing really going to help? And Zex is like, of course. It's way more advanced than anything Oz has. And you're kidding. Well, I, I know it doesn't make any sense either, but we've apparently been making <laughs> shitty Japanese knockoffs of this thing. Japan's supposed to be really good at me. No, <laughs> clearly Japan designed the tall geese and then they gave production to America yes. or Europe. And they was like, Leos? Korea. Every mobile suit is descended from this. Even the Gundams are based on the tall geese. And like, I like aspects of that, but I do think it's funny that he literally, it's just very weird where it's like, normally the prototype is not better. Like, I could understand, you know, like, we didn't have enough Gundanium to mass manufacture these things. It was like, oh, this thing's so advanced. Why did we cut back on the advancement? <laughs> yeah, super prototypes are really, really common in Gundam. Yeah. But usually it is a matter of, okay, this is the prototype. It's got all the features you could possibly want. And these are all the things we stripped out for the mass production version. Whereas the Talgis, especially since it's established, the Talgis was built 20 years ago. That really stretches credulity. Yeah. Because, whereas usually it's like, this was built six months ago. Um, yeah, and that makes a lot more sense. Like, yeah, we managed to, you know, smash all this stuff together, but it's got like a huge power draw. So we decided to cut all of this stuff out so that we could mass produce these easier and they'd be more easy to use. Like, it has some downside. Not, no, the, this super prototype is just better than everything else. Why didn't we make more of those? I don't know. 
Once the big Zam is mass produced, we will put an end to the Federation in no time. That's a good Gundam joke. Uh, th- this is a thing of Gundam's been doing super prototypes for 20 years at this point. And so the Tall Geese makes almost sense with that history. But it's also one of the most extreme versions of the trip that Gundam has pulled off. Yeah. I can't think of one more crazy. Yeah, um, I guess in Iron-Blooded Orphans, the Gundams are literally hundreds of years old. But there's also... We can't reproduce these yeah, with that, technology. That stuff makes going on. Yeah, that makes more sense when it's like we found ancient tech, or you know, oh, it's um, tons of stuff have that kind of like lost tech thing where it's like, oh, we used to be more advanced, but we, you know, something happened and we lost a bunch of our technology. I found this, you know, three hundred year old ship that's actually more powerful than our current stuff because we don't know how they made these things anymore. Like we lost the ability to make this metal or, you know, whatever we needed to actually make the super fancy technology. That's fine. Not, uh, this was made 20 years ago and they decided to scrap it. This has been sitting in a base for 20 years. Yeah. It's like, wait, you just decided to shelve it. This thing's awesome. Put it in the shelf. Why put it on the shelf? That way it will retain its collector value. That way one day when a Zex Marquis needs it to fight some Gundams. <laughs> Rolina wakes up just in time to see her dad is dead. Yep. Literally, she wakes up and the doctor pulls the sheets over him. Yeah. Colony guy's like, I'm sorry for your loss. I wish we could have acted faster. But she blames him for not taking him to the hospital. Meanwhile, we see on the news, Lady Un is doing the spin. Where she's like, ah, terrorists. They're the worst. We're gonna, we might have to kill the colonies for this. Yep. But this was definitely terrorists and not me. Again, just the fact that she threw it into the damn window. <laughs> like... Well, they they parked the truck on that side because there were no cameras on that side. Okay. <laughs> That's why they took the meeting there. They don't want any cameras to see their secret meeting. Uh, you would think the, the secret meeting room would be in the middle of the goddamn building so people couldn't do that shit. Well, as we've seen, the colonies are terrible at this stuff since they sent five teenagers to fight their war without telling them about each other. Yes. Well, you'd also think because their uh, main leader was assassinated, they'd be a little bit more concerned about people sniping their <laughs> leaders. Uh, spoilers for like five minutes from now. Yep. And anyway, ladies, I have to go. I'm busy. I have to go find some terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> she made us out to be terrorists. That's what you are. It's fair. <laughs> yes. You literally sent a bunch of child soldiers to go bomb freaking Earth. Yeah, to guerrilla tactics, the Earth. <laughs> to be fair, these guys only sent one teenager. Yes. One of them apologizes, you know, with the Japanese bow, but Rolina notices he's got a gun in his pants and goes for it because that's the sort of girl she is. Yep. She's like, hey, tell me where Oz is. I'll go get revenge because they killed my father, right? Oz is a dude, right? I can just shoot him in the face. Uh, one of them guys is like, hey, it's suicide. And she's like, I don't care, care. if I get killed. I'm, I'm suicidal. Very, that's my fetish. <laughs> she then gets flashbacks to Hero threatening to kill her, her jumping in front of Duo with a gun. Her being ignored by her father at her party. And she apparently outrad says, I want to see you, Hero. Because a cyborg walks into frame. It's like, hey, you mentioned Hero? Why did you say that name? This old Dr. Claw-looking guy. He's got got a claw. And, like, not mechanical legs. They're, like, like, braces. So they're, like, they're either some kind of assistance thing or they're just, they're leg braces for him. But I also love that he's just rocking the fact that he's creepy as shit. Like, I personally like the idea that his claw just flexes all the time and there's nothing he can do about it. Well, you know, again, in the space 90s, we, our prosthetics weren't as good as they are now. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> I I love the idea that he's like, the claw just does this, so eventually I just started to roll with the fact that I'm going to be a creepy asshole. And he's like, hey, you don't mean Hero Yui, do you? And she's like, yeah, do you know my boyfriend? And he's like, she, he's not your boyfriend. But he tried to kill me. That makes him even less of your boyfriend. No, we're in love now. We're already on second base. 
Speaking of second base, Zex and Noin are sitting on a couch watching TV. Actually, Noin is too polite to sit on the couch with him, even though she definitely wants to and he would not mind. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's a very awkward placement because it's a love seat facing away <laughs> from the TV. Not like directly away, but like at a perpendicular angle. Like my love seat is set up. Anyway, they're like, yeah, that's some performance, huh? And Noin's like, what do you think happened to Darlin? And Zex's like, oh, he was killed. One I dope is that. And then he's like, Relina. She's like, so you're still worried, aren't you, Zex? And he's like, Baka, why would I be worried? Yeah, she's only my daughter. Stay tuned. Listen, I can read between the lines. You're very close, is what I'll say. Anyway, no, he's like, open your heart. And she starts singing the Sonic song. Cut to... An night. industrial factory. Yeah, at a base. Apparently the Leos have, like, camera coverings, which is super odd to me. Yeah. Two Leos get destroyed by a giant beam rifle. They didn't have good spacing, so they got taken out by a single uh, AoE attack. It's true. Commander Gay is like, hey, we've detected heat, and there are two Leos that is most like enemies. <laughs> yes, that generally, if we detect a massive heat signature and two of our dudes are dead, we're being attacked. It's probably a Gundam, because you got two of them. They scramble the mobile suits. They send out three Ares, also yep. in tight formation. Yep. Invisibility is poor because of all the fire. But through the smoke, Hero gets another shot off at all three of them and blows them all up. Because they were all lined up. Uh, they're, like, slightly offset, but they're definitely, again, in his cone. Yep. Gotta He's, learn spacing, guys. It's important. Meanwhile, back in space, creepy old guy's like, feel free to call me Dr. J, young lady. You know, that's a name, right? Yeah. He's like, I am a scientist, believe it or not, with my fancy science claw and science goggles and science braces and science mustache. Well, he's also wearing a lab coat. <laughs> like, that's how you know he's either a scientist or a pharmacist. So you sent Hero to Earth, right? I am intuiting. And he's like, well, I don't know why you'd assume that, but yes. Anyway, this is a crazy kawinky dink. How's that rascal doing? And she's like, yeah, Bob, what are you making him do? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm oh. making him kill all of Oz. He's like, he's one of our agents. We raised him to be an assassin from a young age. We taught him all sorts of combat strategies, which is cut over him destroying a bunch of mobile suits. Now with his fancy beam rifle and machine guns. And I-beams? Uh, they're machine guns. Oh. This is not great for Gundam Wing, because the Buster rifle is uh, definitely colored uh, kind of an orange. But typically speaking, Gundam shorthand is yellow is projectile weapons, and red and green are beam. Gotcha. Like I said, the Buster rifle is an exception, so it's not always a great tool, but right here where I have it paused, there's a bunch of machine gun fire in the air. That's and it's fair. it's yellow, so you can tell it's beam. All right, it's... Uh, Projectile. Oh, I guess it's it's also because the machine guns are, like, right next to his eyes. Yes. Or the eyes of the... Yes. They're, like, right above it. Yeah. Uh, forehead Vulcans are a very common Gundam weapon. Uh, that's fair. It just, like, it looked like they came out of his eyes. No, I get it. The wing has forehead and shoulder Vulcans, though. For more machine gun. Anyway, Relina's like, that's crazy. Killing can't lead to peace. <laughs> but he's like, it leads directly to peace. To be fair, that... It happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, Gundam is a very, like, war is the core theme of most Gundam series, so yeah. this is a very popular topic to talk about. Hey, yeah, if you kill all your enemies, that does end the war. But also, that's usually not the best way to end the war. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, Hero was ordered to attack dangerous evil people. They're starting wars. We're not starting wars. We're just sending five teenagers down there. We're not starting wars. We're finishing before they start. And Relina's like, there must be a better way. And he's like, do you not think that I exhausted every other option? Anyway, he's like, 20 years ago, we used to believe in peace. Back when we had Hero Yui. No one could possibly wish for war, except for, you know, war dogs. Warmongers. Yeah. War hawks. He's like, eh, we get some background on how the colonies were created over like a hundred year period, and it was a lot of work. But then after it was done, 
people got to just live normal lives up there. Exactly 20 years ago, Hiro Yui came onto the scene and was a ruler of all colonies. I think it was exactly 20 years ago he was assassinated. Uh, you're probably correct, but that is not what the text says. I, I This is a terrible translation. Or well, not terrible, but... Uh, he, the text specifically said it was exactly 20 years ago when we were under the rule of Hiro okay, Yui. Uh, okay, that's true. You so are this correct. is like extremely rambly. Like it, it's like your old grandpa, your old Dr. Grandpa yeah. with his mechanical clots. Exactly you. 20 years ago. Now let me jump into the backstory of this character that's, but why didn't you do that first? It's like, anyway, that's where I got Hero's code name because he's a legend among the colonies. You know, that guy who was alive 20 years ago. I know you haven't been alive that long, so that seems like forever. <laughs> also, you're from Earth. I don't, they probably don't teach colony. Like our, our history books don't really do a great job describing 20 years ago no presumably in the space 90s it's the same it was like peace didn't last long hero was assassinated they must have felt some sort of like unified leader promoting peace was dangerous so he got shot through the heart and you're to blame yes Uh, and the colony stopped communicating with each other and the alliance fortified their military it's like oz was responsible for all this i know it and she's like oz he's like you know them he's like no my dad's last words were, watch out for Oz, though. So, anyway, why are you making Hero fight? No, it's who are you making Hero fight? Uh, All of Oz. They're, they want to take over the United Mil- Earth military and destroy the Earth sphere, so we have to stop them. And she's like, why one 15-year-old boy, though? I really would have loved No, we sent four other ones. Oh, shit, we totally forgot to tell them about the four <laughs> other ones. And she's like, why? I just I mean, like, do you not think we had any other option? Plus, he understands the emotional pains of the colonists. Cut to him about to destroy the base when some machine guns destroy it instead. And hey, Duo's here. And he's like, hey, let's team up. We're after the same thing. But Hero levels his big gun at him. And he's like, I'm locked on. Duo levels his shield at him. It's like, so we'll have to fight after all. Like, yep. we're rivals. We get a protracted standoff sequence panning between them. Meanwhile, back in space, Dr. J's like, anyway, here's the airport. You can get back to Earth from here. I don't know how you're going to explain this to your mom or any of the military looking for you on Earth, but you can get or back literally, here. Yeah, literally anybody. You were kidnapped, right? No, I'm back here on Earth now. You were in space. <laughs> yes, but I'm back now. How did you get here? A shuttle. I bought a ticket for, like any normal person. So she's like, why did you help me? Is like, is it because of my dad? And Dr. J is like, nah, it's because you look like Hero Yui. Apparently he's suicidal as well. I guess. Checks out. Anyway, he's like, he's actually a kind-hearted boy. But you should not mess with him. He will kill you. Yeah, he's actually a kind-hearted boy. But that's only one of his split personalities. He's a sociopath in the other one. Stay away from him if you value your life. Which she, I, which as, she doesn't, so she... Yeah, as he rolls away, she's like, I don't! <laughs> Duo loses his footing somehow, and Hero takes the shot. But JK, he was shooting a Leo behind Duo. With the beam sword. Although, confusingly, he shoots the head, which is not where the pilot is. Especially with his giant-ass buster rifle that's got all sorts of AoE and usually just disintegrates mobile the, Yeah. It was probably so he didn't hit Duo. The fact that it was a smaller beam is fine, but it's that, like, you didn't hit the chest, which is where the pilot is. Well, no, that's why I assume he didn't, is he had to shoot over, like, Duo's shoulder. I guess. That's that's my head cannon. But it is enough to knock him down, and Hero's like, hey, I returned the favor. <laughs> I am very sane. <laughs> as, he, as he just leaves. <laughs> He's like, J- now I must away! And Duo's like, damn you! I can't turn into a plane! Meanwhile, back on the space shuttle, Relita is like, ah, oh, Dad, I'll always be your daughter, even if I'm not your daughter. 
And that is the end of the episode. With her crying into the armrest, basically. Yeah, basically. So yeah, we got a lot of exposition this time. Yeah. I would like to say now the colony's plan makes more sense. It doesn't. Yeah, that's why I would like to say that. (laughs) I am not saying that. I knew what their plan was. It's their execution of the plan that's just bad. Yes. We get some representation of the colonies, though. We have Dr. J now, that exciting new character with a mecha arm. Yeah. Not much as X annoying the main characters, though. So nope. They just watched TV this episode. Uh, I guess they also almost got their mech fixed, but that's what Zex has been doing for, like, three episodes now. Yeah. So, But the action scenes aren't bad. I always like when the Vulcan machine guns on Gundams get use. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think this is ever outright stated in the series, but the Buster Rifle only has three shots before it needs to cool down, and the episode adhered to that, so. Yeah. It would be good to say, to, like, increase the stakes, that he only has the one shot left. Yeah. But also, he doesn't seem to need the Buster Rifle to take out people, so. Yeah. Not a ton would be accomplished there. So yeah, I think this about does it for this week. Anything else you want to say, Kevin? Nope. All right. Is there a mobile suit you would like to nominate for us to add to our list on It's a Gundam? Do you have the tall geese on there? We do not. There you go. Spoiler, Zach, Tyler, and I might have been talking about how rad the tall geese is last time we recorded. Well, there you go. So, yeah, that is something to look forward to. Next time, we will be watching episode six, which has a name. And that name is... Party Night. Yeah. I wish it was Pirate Night. That would be a better theme. What do you think is going to happen next week? Relina's going to get back to school and all of her friends want to throw her a party because her dad died because they're sycophants like that. And they're going to want to have like, uh, this is a party to remember him and so that you're not sad, but it's going to make her even worse. But then here's going to show up and she's going to feel super happy that he's here to murder her. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be like, yay, murder me. And he's going to be like, who are you? All right. So yeah, hopefully if you're on Patreon, we will have an episode up next week, www.patreon.com slash last podcasts, where we will be doing this monthly for hopefully forever now until we're, you know, out of Gundam Wing at least. We are going to be doing this weekly through July and I think August, if you're good with that, Kevin. Sure. To make up for the episodes we didn't record during the global pandemic. Mm-hmm. So do you know what a Gundam is, Kevin? Nope. Try again next week. <laughs>